stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What is up, Dodgers Nation? DMAC here coming at you live from Dodgers Stadium after the Dodgers lose game one of the NLDS. It was a rough one here at Dodgers Stadium, and we're going to break it all down, but First, let me know where you represent Dodgers Nation from and what is your reaction to this loss and do you believe this team can still pull out this series? Because it was a historic loss. It was one of the worst losses in Dodgers history, the worst home postseason loss, and we have a lot to unpack. So we're going to make this one a quick one, probably 15, 20 minutes, and then we'll break this one down a little more later. But, yeah, it was not pretty for your boys in blue. They chased Clayton Kershaw there in the first inning with only one-third of an inning to his credit. He goes one-third of an inning at Benji saying got smacked. BC Dodgers were disgraceful. Yeah, it was a bad loss. Look, there's it's only up from here, right? It can only get better. We got Long Beach in the house, Ghost Bear. We got Georgie. They can do this. Some positivity already. I like that. But, yeah, like I said, with only a third of an inning, he goes one-third of an inning, Clayton Kershaw does. He's only able to get one out. It was the shortest of Kershaw's career. So we're talking 454 starts. It was the shortest of his career. And there was a lot of hard contact. I mean, there was rocket shots the entire first frame with Kershaw on the mound. In fact, seven balls they allowed in play. They were all hit at least 96.7 miles per hour off the bat. Of those six hits they allowed, three were doubles in addition to the home run. So, yeah, it was a rough outing. Kirsch just didn't have it. I mean, the velo, it was around 90 at times, but the command was off. And you saw the slider to Corbin Carroll. It was up in the zone, fastballs out over the plate. And the reality is that when you're Clayton Kershaw at this stage of your career, you are pitching with diminished velocity. You do have shaky command, and it's frustrating because this is someone who has given everything to this Dodgers organization. He just didn't have it tonight, and unfortunately, it came in a game that they really needed. You really wanted to set the tone in this series, and it just did not happen. And you just continue to break down this start. I mean, his six runs allowed are one behind the record in postseason history in a start of less than an inning. So it was a historically bad start for Clayton Kershaw. And you saw there, in that first inning, I mean, he allowed a hit to each of the first five batters that he faced Saturday. It was capped by that home run from the catcher, Gabriel Moreno. And Gabriel Moreno, he absolutely crushed that ball. And then after ground out, Alec Thomas, he walks him. He walks Thomas. That's what you can't do, okay? You understand when the command is off, you're seeing a lot of loud outs, a lot of hard contact against him. And you combine that with the walks, then that's the recipe for disaster. But, yeah, let me know down below. What are your thoughts on this one? Is it time to push the panic button on a scale of 1 to 10? What is your confidence level that the Dodgers still can pull out this series? But, yeah, I mean, it's tough to really look at the Mitch. A lot of half full on this one. This team played bad, and the offense was flat, and we're going to talk about that in a second here. But Kirsch, I mean, he's 
the guy who gets the ball in game one. And we're going to talk about the decision to go with Kirsch over Bobby Miller, which I know a lot of you guys were pushing for. I myself was a part of the Bobby Miller starting game one train. And one of the reasons why is, look, now game one, you lose. Clayton Kershaw has a very bad start, and you put Bobby Miller in a position where he has to go out there and perform for this team to have a chance in this series because you can't go down 0-2 and go to Arizona, right? And look at that matchup. You got Gallon versus Bobby Miller. So we'll talk about that one in a second, but that's kind of where it begins, where if Kirsch wasn't able to deliver, now you're really putting all of your series hopes on a rookie starter in his postseason debut, okay? And I think Bobby Miller, he absolutely can get it done. I have all the confidence in the world that he has the stuff, and I think mentally he's in a great place. He feels like he's not even a rookie. feels like he's been in the league for a few years. So very mature. I have all the confidence in the world that he can go out there and perform. But this Dodgers team, they're going to need to step up. We got Matt, no idea the offense sucks again, 0 for 11 pitcher. We got Make it quick, D-Mac. Lights turn off in five minutes. I got jams, okay? I'll definitely try to make this one quick. And, yeah, if the lights turn off, hopefully it's not on the Dodgers' season this series. But, yeah, I mean, more on Kershaw's outing. Like I said, six runs allowed in this one. And the hard contact, the hits, the doubles. And, yeah, talk a little bit about that play with James Outman. And we talked to James Outman in the Dodgers' clubhouse after the game, and he said that the nerves kind of got to him and that he was – kind of needing a moment to really settle down so he described it as jumping into a cold pool right and now he's got it behind him now he's made that postseason debut hopefully he'll be able to settle down and play his game he just made a bad read on that ball and can tell Marte he scolded that one okay you're talking about an exit velocity of almost 116 off the bat so in James Alvin's defense yes he definitely misread that yes you saw the ball go off the heel of his glove but that was a hard hit ball and it really looked like all the hard contact, like I said, all the hits that Kershaw was giving up. You talk about exit velocity that was averaging almost 97. So tons of hard hit balls. So it was inevitable. I don't think there was a universe where, yeah, maybe, maybe he makes that catch and you give yourself the out and you get the inning started right. But they needed length from Kirsch. You needed three or four innings. And the reality is for this to be a deep postseason run for this team, He's going to have to perform, okay? Because who are you going to turn to, right? Beeler's not coming back. Lance Lynn, you really trust Lance Lynn, right? Ryan Yarbrough, I think at this point you look back on the decision to leave him off of this DS roster, and maybe we question that in due time, someone who can give you some length, and that's why I didn't like that move. I would rather see Ryan Yarbrough in the mix here. But, yeah, I mean, it was an absolute clunker. And Kerr said after the game that, yeah, he feels like he let the team down. And it's one of the worst sights that I can think of in sports is when you see Clayton Kershaw in that dugout over there, he's looking dejected. Because I'm here to tell you that my left headphone here is you. Okay, let me see if I can work on that. I'm not sure what's up with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the reality is that Clayton Kershaw is not the guy throwing 95 anymore, right? He's throwing 89. He's throwing 90. He reinvented himself after the 2017 season when that velocity started to dip, and there's just no margin for error. And if you go back and watch his start, he was leaving sliders up in the zone uncharacteristically. He was hanging fastballs. And look, these are very talented hitters that are coming off a series against the Brewers 
where look what they did to Corbin Burns, right? If you can do that to Corbin Burns, you can absolutely do that to Clayton Kershaw when he's pitching with diminished stuff. So it shouldn't come as a shock. It shouldn't come as a surprise when you saw the stuff that Clayton Kershaw was working with tonight. And look, it's just unfortunate because he's someone that wants to win. He's put in the work. He's as competitive as it gets. He sticks to his routine. We understand all that. But look, this shoulder, it's undeniable at this point. There's something physical that is, to me, not just hurting the velocity, but hurting the overall mechanics. And I think you saw that once again tonight. And yeah, maybe nerves were a factor. Kirsch told us yesterday that earlier in his career, when it came to some of these starts, there was a fear of failure. And he said yesterday that really it's more of an excitement and the nerves really are channeled the right way because he can use it to his advantage. But yeah, when you don't have that stuff and you're going up against a team that has a Kintel Marte and a Christian Walker who hurt them again and an Evan Longoria and a Corbin Carroll who's fantastic, those teams are going to take advantage. You combine it with the fact that that Diamondbacks team is playing with house money and they're a hot team right now. And it feels like we see this every single year. There's the team that sneaks into the wild card you upset the first round, and then you're rolling, and you have nothing to lose, and they have hot bats right now. And also, look, they were spitting on those sliders, okay? They were spitting on sliders, and they're waiting to hunt pitches in the zone that they knew they could drive, and they did just that. So I thought they had a good game plan, a good approach against Clayton Kershaw. You saw it executed to perfection. And Kershaw's going to go back and hopefully find a way to get that command because, look, if some of those sliders – we're down in the zone, right? If some of those fastballs weren't out over the plate, you could be talking about him allowing two or three runs and this offense not pressing as much because that's another big part of this game is this offense was flat. They were flat. This offense came out and so much was made this week about changing the approach with the big gap in between games, right? Giving yourself some situations where you have runners on base and different type of activities. But look, it's the same thing as we saw, only the difference is last year you saw Muncie and Trey Turner. I mean, you saw that first game where they were able to score runs. They won the first game last year. This game, they lose. Now, Kirsch, Dave said that the plan still is for Clayton Kershaw to pitch game four. Kirsch said he's going to pitch game four. So that is the plan right now. So look, if Kirsch goes game two and Bob Miller goes game one, look, if Kirsch performed like this tomorrow or on Monday, I should say, you're still looking at a 1-1 series with the Diamondbacks taking momentum over to Chase Field. So the reality is, is that this was never going to be a long postseason run without Clayton Kershaw performing. And then the big question is, okay, how would Kershaw perform? Next question is, how will the rookies perform? And I thought Emmett Sheehan, he was put in a tough position tonight, of course, going out there a lot earlier than he anticipated. But give him credit, he did step out there on the mound, and he had some ups, had some downs, had some moments. He looked really good. He ends up going three and two-thirds innings, allowed three runs on four hits, had four punch-outs and two walks. And like I said, there were some spots. He ended up recording 11 outs. He got through the fourth inning. And then Shelby Miller, I thought he really was the bright spot for the Dodgers pitching. Shelby Miller ends up going two scoreless. And, yeah, fantastic. He's someone that was his sixth outing the season where he went two scoreless. And then, yeah, you also have to tip your cap to Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly was so due against his Dodgers team, having gone 0-11 against them with a 5.49 ERA in 16 regular season starts. And he ends up getting six 
runs of support before even going out there on the mound. So he was put in a good spot to succeed. Will Smith told me after the game that, yeah, give him credit. He was throwing cutters and sinkers in the zone. He was confident in his mix. And, yeah, he got the job done. So, and really not too much trouble. I mean, Kelly ended up stranding those two out hits in the first two innings right there. Dodgers had some activity. But then after a hit and a walk in the third, Will Smith he just missed that one. He, he drove it to the warning track to end the inning. So, yeah, after that, really nothing too much happening. And then Michael Grove, he also makes his postseason debut. Alex Thomas won at bat right there, and it was a battle. I mean, Thomas fouled off an incredible 11 pitches, and on the 14th pitch to that bat, he homers to left center. So they get another run via that home run. And then that was the most pitches ever thrown by a Dodgers pitcher in any postseason plate appearances ever. And that was the first batter that Grove ever faced in the postseason. So that was interesting. Then Tommy Pham, he had a home run later off Alex Vesia there in the eighth inning. It was the Dimebacks' fourth home run of the night. And it was the fourth hit of the night. By the way, we said a couple months ago, Dodgers should trade for Tommy Pham. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Production's production. And, yeah, it took until the eighth inning for the Dodgers to really get anything going. They were down 11 runs, and they finally score. Will Smith, he tripled home two runs in that inning to give the Dodgers their only two runs of the night. By the way, it was just the fourth triple ever by a Dodgers catcher in postseason history. And, yeah, give Kelly credit. It was six and a third innings, scoreless ball, and he had five strikeouts, only had five base runners. So the Dodgers offense, they didn't do anything. I'll say for that eighth inning, Will Smith was really, Will Smith and Peralta, Peralta ended up getting a double. He still did the Freddie dance, by the way. He still did the Freddie dance when they were trailing as much as they were. So that I found a little interesting. Good job to keep the vibes up. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go four for 31, four for 31 with two extra base hits, the one by Peralta and the one by Smith, you're not going to have a good night. They went one for six of runners in scoring position, but only had six men on base. So that is the issue right there. The offense, they came out flat. And were they pressing early on? Maybe. But still, I mean, I do think that layoff is there's something to be said about that. And we talked about that after the game in the, the press room with Dave Roberts. And look, you look at the three 100-win teams, the three 100-win teams, the Atlanta Braves, the Dodgers, in the Baltimore Orioles. All three of those teams lost tonight, and the Orioles scored two runs. They lost three to two. The Braves, they didn't score a run. The Dodgers scored two runs. So I do think there is something to this wild card team getting the rhythm, getting the offense, because baseball is an everyday sport. It's tough to shut it down for that many days going into a game, playing a team that has momentum. So for me, I think I'm not making excuses. I'm just giving explanations as to why this offense did come out a little flat. And look, you can't make those excuses. There's too much talent on this team to not manufacture runs. I thought the at-bat quality tonight wasn't the best. I thought that first inning was as nightmarish as you can get. We already broke that down. And you feel bad. You really just feel sad for Clayton Kershaw because you know how much he means to so many Dodgers fans. You know how badly he wants to win and perform and win a World Series. And I think it remains to be seen what his career looks like after this season because if he's not going to be effective and tonight he was as ineffective as we've ever seen him in the postseason could this be it for Clayton Kershaw could this have been the last postseason start the last start ever on this field 
for Clayton Edward Kershaw, I think there is a possibility. I still feel like you're that close to 3,000 strikeouts. Maybe you do return and see if you can help this team. But, yeah, this offense, this, this game one went about as bad as it possibly could have. But let's look at that Mitch Law to half full, right? There was about probably 10 billion Mitch Law to sold here tonight, grossing probably $10 billion. And Mitch Law to half full take is, yeah, you use Shelby Miller. He goes two scoreless. Outside of that, though, you still have Bruce Dark Gratterall. You still have Evan Phillips and Joe Kelly and Ryan Brazier. The high leverage relievers are still in play and they're fresh. And the key right now is just splitting that series, getting back on track and going to Arizona and trying to really take control of this series. And yeah, I think that if you're this Dodgers team, this is kind of what you feared. You feared a loss here in game one where you're banking on Bobby Miller to come through. But I want to get down below the comment section, guys. Thanks for rocking with us here on a live version of the Dodgers Nation postgame show here from Dodgers Stadium. Hopefully you're coming in loud and clear. First time we're doing this, so we will continue to work out the kinks. Can they hit? We have to look forward from Jose Villanueva. Oscar Vega, Kershaw should buy a round for the fans. Oscar Vega, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, Kershaw, it, look, in that clubhouse, the tension, the energy, I've never seen it that packed. And you could just see, I mean, he was... I mean, you just kind of see the look on his face. Let me see my phone right there. But the look on his face, I mean, he knows he let the club down. And really, this is someone who has given every single ounce of his life, really, to get batters out in games like this. And unfortunately, things just didn't go his way. And you guys know, if you've been watching the show, I've said it for months. I mean, this is someone who the margin of error isn't there because of the diminished stuff. And it shouldn't have shocked you. This Diamondbacks team, they have talented hitters. James Altman's playing the first. He'll learn from that. He said after the game there was some nerves. On the same token, in James Altman's defense, that hit, that an 830 expected batting average. It was almost 116 miles per hour off the bat. Okay, so I don't care if you have prime Ken Griffey Jr. and you have gold glovers at every single position. When the opposition is hitting the ball that hard consistently at almost a 97 mile per hour off the bat, bad things are going to happen. So, yeah, if you're looking at the positives tonight, I just laid one out a few minutes ago. You got a fresh bullpen of all the high leverage guys. To Emmett Sheehan, he got his feet wet. He had some good moments. He struggled at times. Still, I think all in all, you got to give him credit for going out there. And look, this offense didn't do enough to say, okay, hey, if Emmett Sheehan goes out there and pitches well, maybe they win this game. And yeah, unfortunately, you're talking about literally a historic loss, a historic loss for this Dodgers team because of how bad it was. Thankfully, they were able to get on the board there late. But heading into this one, the two worst losses in Dodgers history, 9 NLCS Game 3, they lost 11 to nothing at Philadelphia in the 1959 World Series Game 1, 11 to nothing at Chicago against the White Sox. So, 59, what happened? They went on to win the World Series. 2009, they did not. But hopefully, this was a shock to the system. This was a wake-up call that this team needs. And look, it has to be failure is not an option. There is no way this Dodgers team can go out there and lose to an 84-win Dimebacks team. But I'm here to tell you that it's a possibility because the pitching depth is not there. Like I said, two of the big questions heading into this postseason run where will Clayton Kershaw be effective? Will he give them something, anything, three innings, four innings? You piggyback. Think about this. If Kersh goes three or four innings today, you piggyback off Sheehan, you have 
that bullpen that you have, you're probably going to win this game. But you just can't get one out. It was one out. Like I said at the top of the show, this was literally the shortest of Clayton Kershaw's first bout Hall of Fame career, 454 career starts. So, hey, good news, Dodgers Nation. It's only up from here. We'll take some more comments here, and then we will let you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. We'll be back on Monday. We'll be live pre and post game. But I want to jump into these comments and hear what you guys have to say. And yeah, like I said, guys, I'm here at Dodger Stadium. At home, maybe I would be a little more, a little more frustrated about this loss. So you guys know internally, I absolutely am. And yeah, I do think that my big fear in all of this is, yeah, it's tough to make this case right now after a performance like that. But this offense, like I said, first offense to score over 900 runs since the team relocated from Brooklyn to Los Angeles. The bullpen is superior to last year's bullpen, in my opinion. Look at what Shelby Miller did today, and he was the one high leverage guy, right? This bullpen is for real. This offense is for real. Unfortunately, the injuries of the pitching staff, Julio Urias' domestic violence case, right? The pitching just is not there. It does not appear to be there from a starting pitching standpoint as of right now. So, hey, help help me, Bobby Miller. You're our only hope, right? We need Bobby Miller to be big time. It has to be Bobby's world. He has to go out there and perform like the pitcher that we know that he can. We know that Bobby Miller is capable of putting together a great start, putting his team on his back, and maybe it's a passing of the torch type moment. Yes, you still have Walker Buehler. But if Bobby Miller saves the Dodgers this series, quite possibly he's the face of this rotation moving forward. He's the guy who's your game one starter. That's how quickly things move. Baseball comes at you fast. But here we go. No pitching equals no pennants. Absolutely. Mr. Seabad Kershaw needs to go bowling with Ralph Branca. Ouch, Mr. Seabad. Uh, by the way, if you're not subscribed to the channel, I was talking to a lot of you fans out there took a lot of cool pictures with you guys. You guys are the best fans in the game, and you guys all told me tonight, hey, I want to win another jersey. I want another big giveaway. So if you're subscribed to the channel, we've got tons of giveaways on the way, and you want to increase those giveaways, you hit that like button, you subscribe, you comment, and that's what really helps us out. And we're talking about no cheapy giveaways. We're talking about autographs and authentic jerseys, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you are not, be sure to subscribe to the channel. we got... Larry Jones, Braves are still winning the World Series. Okay, so we can do the little handshake emoji. Both of our teams lost NLDS Game 1. Jason Diamond fired Dave Roberts. Team needs a new voice. I don't pin this on Dave Roberts at all. It's not like he left Clayton Kershaw out there too long. He only was able to record one out, okay? If it was a situation where Kershaw's in the third, fourth, or fifth inning and you saw those warning signs and he doesn't come out and make that change, maybe you could fault him. But look, I think... The issue here, and it's the issue with a lot of iconic players. It's an issue that a lot of franchises face when you have an iconic player, whether it be a Peyton Manning, Kobe Bryant, the list goes on and on. Towards the twilight of their career, you hope that they have those vintage performances, right, where they can turn back the clock and on occasion have those moments where they're performing like they were during their prime, but you know that that guy is not in there anymore, okay? And the reality, the harsh reality, is that Clayton Kershaw is not even close to being as good as he was when he was an MVP winner, when he was a three-time Cy Young Award winner, could have been a five-time Cy Young Award winner. It's unfortunate because you saw Justin Verlander today, 
and the Astros are the only team to end up winning, right? That was one of the division winners today, right? Verlander, six innings, six strikeouts. Verlander was able to get his velocity back despite his advanced age. Kirsch has just not been able to regain that velocity. And when the margin for error is that thin, you combine that with bad command. The slider did not have the depth. It didn't have the break to it. The curveball even was flat, and he wasn't able to get anything out of it. And also look at that pitch mix. I mean, this is a guy, Clayton Kershaw, who throws more slider than he does four-seam fastball. Today, it was reversed. He threw more four-seam than slider, and that tells you that he knew, he knew that he did not have the feel for that slide piece. But a couple more comments here, guys. And, uh, yeah, this is a very empty Dodgers stadium right now. Hey, this is still more fans than the Tampa Bay Rays got, by the way, for their postseason game. I'm just saying, okay? Uh, send him the text already. No, let's not. He'll never do that, okay? Um, for once, not Dave Roberts' fault. That's from Glenn over on YouTube. Actually, Gary Glenn, Gary Glenn. send him to Mordor JRM. Yeah, it seems like a lot of you guys are down on Clayton Kershaw and – I'm not here to try to tell you how to feel, how to fan. Look, it's an emotional thing. It's the postseason. Run with it. Bring your takes. You guys know that I don't care if we disagree. I just care that you watch, okay? And I think that that's what makes it fun. Ghost Bear says finish him. Okay, I don't have all the, the cool sounds tonight. Time for Kershaw to work on a knuckleball in the offseason. That's from Edward Mendoza. Yeah, it's one thing I was looking for, too. He threw eight change-ups in his last start against the Giants, and we did not see any of those Today we got uh, Jose. Today we bled. Ouch. Let me see if I can go up and read that one. Uh, Keep it, fix it. With that said, they need to just let Kirsch retire a champ because too many. Yeah, look, Mookie pisses me off. That's from Adam818. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't let the offense off the hook on this one, but it's really tough to kind of manufacture offense when before you have basically basically stepped onto into the box, you're down 6 nothing, And you saw some big swings. You saw them trying to get it all back. I think the Will Smith ball there early in the game that goes to the warning track, that was kind of a evidence right there. By the way, I picked Will Smith to be the MVP of the series, and I think that he had a really strong start. I really do. I thought that he had a really good game. 3 nothing game two. Okay, we got Sam Vasquez. Kershaw needs to be... In the old-timers game, Nathan Kershaw was too busy thinking about college football. Wow, that's why these guys don't trust the media, man. They say one thing, and people just absolutely run with it. But look, I'm with you. I hear your guys' frustration, and it's, it's very frustrating. It absolutely is. We got uh, this. The last time I can remember getting out, our butts kicked was 2020 NLCS against the Braves. I was going to say 2017. Yeah, that's what I was saying up in the press boxes. We could really use a game three first inning where they scored 11 runs. And they're going to need some more consistent production. I do think the top of that lineup today, they just really didn't do much. And it's unfortunate. You look at today's game, kind of looking at this box score, Mookie goes 0 for 3 with a walk and a punch out. Freddie goes 0 for 2 with two walks. Will Smith goes 2 for 4 with two RBI. They're on the triple late in the game. Muncie goes 0 for 4 with the 1K. J.D. Martinez 0 for 3 with one strikeout and one walk. And that was one of my concerns is J.D. Martinez, he's someone that can be a slow starter at times. A self-admitted slow starter. And that's something that you wonder if the layoff, if it impacts him more than other players. So definitely going to be paying close attention to that. 
Jason Hayward over four, Peralta one for two. He ends up getting that double. CT over two, Outman over two, Kike over two, Rojas. He got that base hit up the middle. He goes one for two, and Colton Wong he goes zero for one. But the Dodgers as a group four for thirty-one. There's a world tonight where Kershaw pitches somewhat okay, gives up three or four runs, and they still lose four to two. Right? And there's a world today where the pitching pitched well, but the offense didn't produce. So. Hey, if the offense scored five, six, seven runs, maybe you can make the case. And look, this was just an extremely, extremely weird game today. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, this is an all-time, all-time loss. And kind of the biggest takeaway is Kershaw insists that he's going to be fine, that he's healthy, and that he's going to give it a go. And yeah, if ever Kershaw needed a strong start to try to do something to that national narrative that he doesn't perform well in the postseason, he is going to need it. And, uh, yeah, Dave, he said the loss was shocking. Like I said, they were down six to nothing. Kerr said it was disappointing, embarrassing. You just feel like you let everybody down. Guys, the whole organization who looked to you to pitch well in game one, I just feel like I let everybody down. It's a tough way to start the postseason. And Dave said you didn't get too much of a look at him but the stuff was good. And he said that about Clayton Kershaw. So he said there were some mistakes that they just capitalized on. I disagree a little bit with Dave Roberts there. Like, the stuff did not look good. It really didn't. He was leaving stuff up in the zone, sliders, fastballs. He wasn't locating well. But, uh, yeah, this is tough. We got uh, Nick, Doug, stop, throw out our offensive numbers tonight. Curse, murder the crowd, and any chance. Look, that's a fair point. Look, like I said, you start 6 nothing. you're in a 6-0 hole early on, you hang a 6 spot on Kirsch, there's pretty much no looking back in that situation, so it's tough to argue with you on that one, but really the path for this team was offensive production. For this team to have success, you had to produce like they did in 2020 when they collectively had an OPS north of 800, and you're not going to get it done with just two runs, but I agree it's definitely a tough situation to come back there and give Merrill, give Merrill Kelly a ton of credit, 0 for 11 in his career against the Dodgers. He ends up having a really, really nice start, and you got to tip your cap and give him some credit. Clayton's command was not there. A.G., the GOAT, Edward Mendoza, that Diamondbacks offense was just brutal today. And like I said, that is what happens. That's what we've seen in the wild card round. You saw it with the Braves. They didn't win the – they were in a wild card team. They were in a terrible division there in 2021, but we saw it with the Phillies last year. We saw it with the San Diego Padres, right? I mean, there's certain teams that – they get timely hits, and that Diamondbacks team, they came out ready to hit, and they did just that. But uh, we'll do a couple more comments here, and then uh, I'm definitely going to wait in some traffic, go get some carne asada fries, and uh, I'm going to probably just uh, go and rewatch this game. <laughs> here we go. Outman missing that catch really spawned a bad inning. Victor Cervantes, I definitely broke that down for sure early on, and... There's no doubt about it. That that's a play that James Altman, Cody Bellinger, I mean, we've seen highlight plays, but like I said, it was one almost 116 off the bat, had an 830 expected batting average. After the game, James Altman told us that he misread it. And I think this I think the velocity of that hit is kind of what led to it. And yeah, there is a universe where maybe he makes that catch and Kirsch settles down. And that's the thing about Kirsch. I mean, when you're an older dude you got to loosen up. You got to warm up. And maybe things would have been better, but it's tough to, like I said, it's really, really tough to say that that hit 
if he had made that catch, that it would have changed everything. When you consider the fact that seven balls were hit off of Kirsch, all were at least 96.7 miles per hour. I mean, when you consider that he allowed hits to each of the first five batters that he faced and gave that three-run home run to Gabriel Moreno, was David Peralta supposed to go 15 rows into the bleachers to catch that one? So, look, the Dodgers pitcher had a very bad start, a historically bad start in this Dodgers team. They lose game one to the Diamondbacks by a final score of 11-2. to You got Bobby Miller versus Zach Gallon on Monday. You got to get that split and go into Arizona with some momentum. And I think if you want one more positive is that last year when they lost the Padres, they won game one and then lost game two. So the Padres, they took that momentum down to Dodger Stadium South and they ran with it. Whereas the Dodgers, if they're able to get this series back on track and make it one-to-one, they're the ones that are going to have some momentum going into Arizona. Yes, the Diamondbacks got their split, but we know this Dodgers team will have some more confidence, especially if you're able to win a game against Zach Gallen, their best pitcher. And then game three, we know the Dodgers will absolutely have the advantage in that one. So a few more a few more comments here. Gratterall, uh, Carroll owns Kershaw. Yeah, man, how about Corbin Carroll? By the way, UCLA commit should have gone to the Bruins. Um, we got... Uh, Miss Cleo said this would happen. Well, I haven't thought about Miss Cleo in a little bit. But thanks, to guys, for rocking with us here for a live at Dodger Stadium edition of the Dodgers Nation postgame show. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you want to see your Dodgers win game two, hit that like button. Give Bobby Miller some good luck. Also, follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. That's DMAC underscore LA. And a few more here. Let's do some walk-off shots right here. They're not beating Gallon. That's from Eric Flores. Look, Gallon has struggled against his team this year. But, yeah, Gallon is a very tough pitcher. There's no doubt about it. The Dodgers are cooked from JT Joey. Mikey J. Altman has to catch that ball. It would have been a difficult catch, hard off the bat. I agree, though. Look, you've got to have guys step up. It can't always be one guy's fault, right? But it's tough to defend Kershaw's outing. The man absolutely did not have it. I do not know why. But the baseball gods are not very kind to Clayton Kershaw in certain stretches. And, yeah, it was painful. I mean, just to kind of describe the energy here, it's the oxygen just went out of the building. I mean, it would just absolutely, you had people still getting to their seats with their Dodger dogs and their micheladas and their beers, waving their towels. And as they're sitting down there, Dodgers are already trailing, right? So it was a rough one here at the Ravine, but let's see if they can get it. Get things evened out, avoid a collapse in the NLDS, and find a way to get things right on Monday. But uh, thanks again, guys. Like I said, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. Until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. 